Walgreens closes five more stores in San Francisco, but the city of San Francisco doesn't agree on the reasons why, so we'll get into that. Pete Buttigieg gets on CNN with Jake Tapper and says nothing of substance. And we talk about five-star reviews and how in every single industry in America, it is a broken fake system and we need to learn to start telling the truth again. Buckle up, get yourself inside the vehicle safely with all hands and feet secured. This is the Soul of Wisdom and here we go. Greetings and welcome. It is yet another fine episode of the Soul of Wisdom. What is this? Is this Wednesday now? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You know, the, the funny thing when you work on your own is that you lose track of days because you don't have some schedule that your manager prints out and you're pretty much working every day. Yeah. So I lose track. They all blend together. I know. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. So anyways, Soul of Wisdom. Hi, guys. Nice to have you here. Uh, with me, as always, the omniscient, omnivorous orator. All right. What? We'll go with that. You're omniscient because you know everything. You you are omnivorous because you eat both meat and plants, and you're an orator because you talk a lot. It's perfect. Okay. And it fits with my litter of introductions. Okay. You didn't giggle. See, this is what I said. <laughs> I said earlier this week that by the end of the week, when I do that, you would utter the F word. We're just one step closer to that. No, I was just, I was figuring it out. I'm just slow tonight. That's all. Is that what that is? Okay. So yeah, the God voice in the background, the one who never appears on camera for our visually gifted listeners, the producer wife, Beth. Hello. Hello. So are, are you happy and pleased that you are not on camera today? Today? Yes. Should yes. we tell the nice people why you're happy that you're not on camera today? No, go for it. Uh, my, my dear, lovely wife, uh, my, my precious my better half my everything has started to sprout devil horns <laughs> <clears throat> and if you are listening dr brain you're the reason why <clears throat> no no Beth bethy had her uh her nerve blocker injections today for her migraines that if you've been listening you know she suffers from and the funny thing happens right above the eyebrows she gets these injections all the way across and uh, God bless Dr. Brain. She's gentle with her when she does it, but it takes all this up here. If if you're watching the visually gifted ones, you can see where I'm, I'm uh, gesturing, yeah. but it's right above the eyebrows and it just like puffs up something fierce. And I, you know, I've, I've noticed this for the couple of years now that we've been doing this, but, uh, uh, producer wife made the fatal mistake of walking to the restroom afterwards this time, which she'd never done before. And she saw herself in the mirror and then she came running out like her ass was on fire going, I'm the devil, what the devil, what's she doing? And I had to calm her down and then these people come rushing out and they're like, it'll be okay, calm down. It wasn't they, quite that dramatic. They, they had to give her some kind of, of pill to chill her out. and <laughs> Nobody had to give which, me a sedative. Which, is why, which might be why she didn't get the, the alliterative introduction today because that's probably still wearing off. Oh yeah, okay. That's what that is. We'll go with that. Okay. Okay. But before all that went down, the producer wife did do something fun for me and something fun for the show. Again, visually gifted listeners, you will, uh, you'll be able to appreciate this more. Uh, but those of you on the podcast side, just, you know, listen to the nice sound of my voice as I try to describe. Meet our little friend. So what is the one thing that we always talk about on this show, Buffy? Dumpster fires. Dumpster fires, exactly. So Bethy got on the uh, old interwebs and got me a stuffed animal dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. And he's so cute. He's got the little fire coming out the side. And then he's got this little hatch where you can throw in actual like refuse to be in the dumpster fire. And it's just, it's, it's a nice little show mascot. And he's smiling. I mean. He, yeah, look at that. There, check that out. Smile. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yes. But but we've been trying to figure out what to put in here in this little dumpster fire compartment. And, uh, you know, we'd kicked around some ideas like maybe a bobblehead Fauci or something like that. Which I still uh, think would work. It would, but we don't have that right now. No, we don't. So I'm going to go, at least for this episode, with a little more positive vibe. 
uh, I have our friend Sunshine Bear here. And Sunshine Bear is going to go into the dumpster fire. Not because Sunshine Bear is a dumpster fire. More because we're going to say that Sunshine Bear brings so much joy, hope, and optimism that the dumpster fire will recede. Okay. That's hokey and stupid. Well, then, <laughs> then the negative and the positive, you know. Yeah, it is the negative and the positive. All right. And it's cute. It is cute. So we're going to run with that for this episode. We're going to get him tucked in there real nice. Putting him on your shelf. Put him on the shelf. Right next to Grogu. Right next to Grogu. Grogu might try to eat Sunshine Bear. You never know because that <laughs> he little He might thing, try to eat the dumpster. <laughs> he might. The whole thing ate everything. Remember when everybody was screaming like genocide when Grogu was eating the little baby eggs in that one episode? Uh-huh. And the interwebs were like freaking out. It was hilarious. It's just a show. <laughs> Chill was, out, world. It was so funny. It was. God, everybody's uptight about everything. But not Mr. Dumpster Fire over there. He's just happy to be here. Yep. Until he gets eaten by Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> Although that one might give Grogu a little bit of heartburn. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a burning and yeah. refuse. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, whatever. Okay. On that note. On that note... Speaking of dumpster fires, a wonderful little segue. Let's go straight. Oh, no, let's not go straight. Soulofwisdom.com or just soulwisdom.com. Questions at soulwisdom.com if you'd like to email the show. You can find us on Twitter at soulwisdom. Rumor has it I might be adding some other social media outlets soon. And you can also go to soulwisdom.com slash learn, and you can learn all about our first of many teachables. Yeah. We have knowledge. Go get our knowledge. You'll benefit. It'll be good. Yeah. Now we can go on to the dumpster fire. So we're going to go straight to our friend, Mr. Browser. Again, visually gifted listeners, join along on your screen. The rest of you listen to the beautiful sound of my voice. We've been talking about store closures and supply chain issues and all this kind of stuff and we're going to continue to kind of beat on that as we see fit uh but we'd also talked about walgreens closing some stuff at one point yeah five stores in san francisco five more five more yeah they've san already francisco. closed 10 or ten. 12 10 so now 15 did we talk about these other five the other day yes okay yeah, yeah this is the this is the counterpoint to the other five this is an article from business insider Walgreens cited shoplifting as rationale for closing five stores in San Francisco, but local officials, officials, data, and experts cast doubt on that explanation. I'm going to have fun with this one. Walgreens announced Tuesday would be closing five of San Francisco locations due to organized retail crime. We know that already. But police department data, local officials, and policy experts are casting doubt on that reasoning according to a report published by the San Francisco Chronicle. While the report said the chain has experienced retail theft, other factors like the COVID-19 pandemic and oversaturation of stores were cited as potential factors in the decision to close the store. So they're just guessing. Yeah, this is not like hard-hitting reporting or data based on facts. It's somebody going... We don't well, want to look bad. It could be this. It's somebody going, we don't want to look bad. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, you know, we've talked before about mites and maybes. Isn't there a quote in there from the mayor of San Francisco, too? Oh, we're going to get there. Okay. We're going we're gonna to roast the mayor as well. But yeah, so the first thing, this, this report is just utter and total garbage. If you are such a hard-hitting, high-quality journalist that you have to base the lead idea in your story on mites and maybes, you need to go find another job. But that could just be me. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily knocking the journalist here because if they were trying to see a counterpoint to the story that already existed, this is the best counterpoint there is. I'll knock them, but that's okay because this is our point counterpoint. Yeah. This is what you, you know, listen to the soul of wisdom. We try to keep it balanced. I go off the deep edge. The producer wife, you know, tries to keep it real. It's okay. Like I said, not knocking the journalist, but I am knocking the, all the people who are quoted in this article. <laughs> yeah, so let's go on. Yeah. 
Walgreens spokesman Phil Caruso said retail theft across the San Francisco locations has increased in the past few months to five times the chain's average. So they're saying, yeah, there's a problem. Yep. Five times equals five store closures, I guess. Even math. However, San Francisco Police Department data obtained by the Chronicle contradicts Walgreens' claims, with one of the stores slated to close reporting only 23 shoplifting incidents since 2018. Some incidents of shoplifting likely go unreported, but the closing store stores had on average less than two shoplifting reports per month since 2018. Hold that thought. <laughs> I, I have real-world experience to share on that one. Remind me, please, producer wife. Okay. Organized retail crime continues to be a challenge facing retailers across San Francisco, and we are not immune to that, Caruso told San Francisco Gate. Again, the, um, Caruso's the Walgreens dude. Uh, during this time to help combat this issue, we increased our investments in security measures in stores across the city to 46 times our chain average in an effort to provide a safe environment. San Francisco Mayor London Breed pushed back against Walmart. They Walgreens. are safe. Hmm? Walgreens, Walmart, Walden Books, something my, with a wall in it. It's my job to keep you in line. Well, yeah. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They are saying shoplifting is the primary reason, but I also think when a place is not generating revenue and when they're saturated, San Francisco has a lot of Walgreens all over the city. So do I think that there are other factors? So I do think that there are other factors that come into play. So San Francisco has a lot of Walgreens and she's saying, well, they're saturated. I'd be happy for that person if I was a mayor. And there's a place that wants to put a ton of stores in, in my city. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Uh, Dean Preston, supervisor of San Francisco's 5th District, which will be impacted by the store closure, said the pharmacy chain is abandoning the community and has long planned to close stores. Odd that some are so offended that I would suggest that a massive corporate chain might be closing retail locations for the exact reason they told investors they were going to close locations. So he's referencing a plan that was filed by Walgreens uh, in one of their um, quarterly announcements, I believe, that they were going to shutter the, the uh, stores that were more underperforming. How come it's a trend lately, by the way, for mayors and city council persons to attack or go after big business is it trendy because the big business is paying the taxes into that city they should be happy because they're they're footing a good chunk of the bill but we saw it um recently and we haven't discussed this but in california with tesla and that's why tesla is moving and in seattle they've gone after um amazon and Amazon has talked about relocating its headquarters, its main headquarters, from Seattle. It just seems like all of a sudden it's become trendy for these mayors to go, oh, you guys are footing our bill, but we're going to talk crap about you. Yeah, it's it's such a strange relationship right now that businesses and government have with each other. Because you've got like the local government so often like attacking some of these businesses. But these are the same businesses that are buddying up with the federal government to do things like like put in vaccine mandates and stuff like that and mask mandates and all these things but they're doing things it just locally. makes no sense they're doing things locally too because amazon for example opened a homeless shelter yeah and is feeding poor people in the neighborhood in seattle and everything else so they're doing things directly for the community i don't know which I... you think you would think that the city council would be all in favor of well that's your first mistake you're thinking i know never think no yeah it's dangerous. Uh, it is. But no, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, people are being stupid. But I do want to circle back to the one thing I told you to just keep in the back of your head. Yes. I'm going to go reference it just one more time. The retail experience. Yes. Organized crime continues to be a challenge. During this time to help combat issues, we increase the security measures. So they were talking about that. And then also, 
where they were saying one of the stores slated to close reported only 23 shoplifting incidences since 2018, and then the average store had less than two shoplifting reports per month. Okay. So the producer wife and I spent many, many, many years in retail. Dear producer wife, perhaps I am remembering wrong. Is it possible to monitor 100% of your retail space 100% of the time you were open? <clears throat> no, and I will say for us at the time, we didn't have in-house loss prevention. No. We didn't have in-house LP. That was all controlled at a corporate level, which obviously isn't going to give you real-time data. And there are some places that have real-time in-house loss prevention. Walmart, for example, does. Target, I believe, still does. And they have people that sit there and look at the cameras while people are shopping. And you can catch a lot of things that way. But even then, you're going to miss things. Well, yeah. The, even those stores have shrink. Shrink is a thing. Shrink, by the way, in case you don't know what we're talking about, is basically uh, product loss. So And it's worked into your budget. So, yeah, so you, you have a certain percentage of your inventory that you figure is going to be lost to theft, and that's shrink. And if you're <clears throat> too far outside of the norm, like I'm guessing these stores that are closing were, then the district manager or whomever, but usually the higher-ups look down and say, no, this isn't working, and, you know... The store managers, I'm sure, got a stern talking to. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a couple of things going on here, too. Okay, first of all, because you can't monitor 100% of your retail space 100% of the time, most theft is discovered after the fact. Yep. You know? Uh, and you don't call the police in those situations, nope. especially if it's something small. Nope. What happens is Johnny Floor Worker is walking down the aisle cleaning it at the end of the day, and he goes, holy crap, where did these 10 perfumes go that were there earlier today? Or you see an open ripped into box and whatever was inside the box yep. is no longer there. Yep. That's so, a common one. Yeah. It's very rare actually to catch a shoplifter in the act. Now, if you do catch them in the act, that's where your corporate support becomes a problem. The majority of businesses now. And this is not, by the way, advice on how to go steal. Don't steal. But, fun fact, the majority of businesses have policies in place to not pursue. If and it's so, for the safety of their workers. Yeah, it's for the safety of the workers. So they don't want that liability. So if you get in there and you grab a product, as long as you keep walking, you're going to keep walking. And... so. So but they, some, some companies will go after you after the fact if they have good video. Yeah, some will. So. They might try it after the fact. And there are some there are some companies who will tackle you at the door. Yeah. So that's not a 100% hard and fast rule. But I would say the vast majority of them have no pursuit policies. So if you got the product and you just keep walking, you're going to get out the door with it. And in the case of California... <clears throat> anything under what was it like $950 is a misdemeanor that the majority of the DAs in these more liberal areas of California right now like San Francisco are refusing to prosecute don't they have similar rules in New York City now too yeah so yeah we'll just say more left-leaning areas across the United States but definitely in San Francisco where we're talking about okay they're not prosecuting those people so exactly what would the, be the point of calling the cops to make a report anyways when you know it's not going to go anywhere? So for them to have this data to just say, well, they're not filing reports, well, there's a reason you haven't given them any incentive to file a report. You're not going to do anything about it. Why would they waste their time? And especially if you're finding it hours or, you know, a whole shift after the fact, who's going to call the police on something that was like 10 or $15? Even... 30 or 40, it seems like a giant inconvenience. Well, and then the other thing too is... Good Are they even going to show up? Well, I was just going to say, they're not even going to show up because they're all understaffed because we've decided that police are bad and so many of them have left the job. So they're understaffed. So they're not going to show up for it either. So you're going to wind up with a situation where there's only one or two people working at a Walgreens and one is going to be on hold for 45 minutes trying to file a police report. 
when there's other shoppers who may or may not be trying to steal at the time that they need to be watching. Yeah. That's just it. You can't do that. So you end up They don't with, have the staff to yeah. be on the phone that whole time either. Yeah. So it ends up creating this snowball where you get a store that because all of these things are happening ends up being a loser. And yeah, when Walgreens has decided that they're going to shed a couple hundred of their really bad stores, well, I'm sorry, San Francisco, by the behavior of your citizens and your response to said behavior when it comes to law enforcement, dumpster fire. Yeah. That's what you've created. This is the result. I'm sorry. It is on the citizens and it is on the leadership and it is on the law enforcement of San Francisco. I don't blame Walgreens one bit for leaving if they've already targeted that they're going to get rid of stores that are underperforming and you've got ones that have a ridiculous level of strength and exactly what is the motivation to be there. Yeah. And London Breed, the mayor, can be all ticked off about it, but it doesn't change the fact that the mayor's city has become a dumpster fire. And I've said it before, we seem to have a problem making high quality people nowadays. And until we figure out how to make high quality people that quit thinking that if they can walk into a store and grab something and get out the door with it, then they're entitled to it. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if more and more people start acting like Walgreens, yeah. you know? Um, if if you're standing in a dumpster and it starts to catch fire jump out yeah and i think that's what they're trying to do right now yeah back in the day i mean not that we didn't have theft that was created by adults but i will would say a good majority of it was prankster kind of teenager yeah. misbehavior and you can look at that and i'm not giving it a green flag a pass but at least you can look at that and say hopefully they'll learn a lesson and grow up but when you have fully grown adults who know better making these type of decisions over and over and over again you have a problem yeah no they they walk into walgreens they steal a soda and a bar of soap and then go around the corner and poop in the street that is san francisco ladies and gentlemen good job yeah all right, on that lovely note, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You listen to some nice music. We're going to catch our breath, and we will be right back with something extra fun. You know I'm a hustler, hustler. Well, I'm going to break it down one time. I'm the man, and I'm letting y'all know. Yeah, we getting that guap, that fit of them shits. Yeah, we stacking that dope. I said I'm a hustler, baby. You know I'm a hustler. You know, you know, you know I'm the man. I'm a hustler, baby. Welcome back from that lovely musical interlude. This is the Soul of Wisdom. I am Dan. She is the God Voice producer wife, Beth. Hello. I'm going to try this again. Omniscient, omnivorous orator. All right. We'll go with that. No, you See, I go, smiled. Yeah, you, that doesn't, we've talked about this. You're not on camera. It doesn't come through in the mic. Oh, yeah, it you, sounds different in my voice for no, sure. No, you need to go like hee 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 or something like that. That's totally not how I laugh. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, you can you can never imitate perfection over there, see? So mm -hmm. no matter what I, how I say it, it's just not going to match up anyways. That's fair. But I definitely don't have a girly laugh. No. No, you've got like a dude voice <laughs> half the time. <laughs> see this? That is my laugh. What are you doing today, honey? <laughs> the, the funny thing, too, is the, the producer wife is like a tiny woman, you know, but she's got this like super manly voice sometimes, so but she does often carry the moniker beast. So, yeah, you know, such as like, all right, what did I want to talk about? Oh no. Yeah. So th this is why I get off track so much when you work for yourself and you run several business businesses out of your home and you try to celebrate your marriage. So you're spending time with each other, trying to make that work. You're running all these businesses. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned it or not, but we homeschool our son. So we got that going on. Uh, we've got a couple parents in the house that we take care of. 
lots of stuff going on all the time. So like every single solitary second that you're awake gets used on something. So while you were enjoying that nice musical interlude, we were trying to plan out our meals for the next couple of days. So we were on the same page. Yeah. Like right in the middle of the show. <laughs> We're like, all right, we'll be right back. And she's like, okay, what are we going to do for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> so we're, we're running with that. And they're like, you know, we really need to get back to the show now. We can't keep these people waiting. And she's like, you're going to edit out that break anyways. I'm like, yeah, but we can't go on like two hours talking about this. We're going to lose our mojo. She said, well, it's already been an hour 45. What's the difference? And I'm like, all right, whatever. So, yeah. And yeah. See, I got you laughing now, though. Yeah. And it didn't even sound dudish. No, not that time. So it was nice. Okay. Um, Pete Buttigieg, the name you can never pronounce. No. It's come out all sorts of weird and not necessarily flattering ways, so we won't make her say Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Let's just call him PDB. You can call him PDB. PDB? PDB. Okay. All right. Why not? So, he was on uh, CNN's Jake Tapper show, State of the Union. And he had some fun things to say that kind of caught our attention. And it's about a three-minute clip, so I'm going to pull up our friend Mr. Browser, and we'll play the three-minute clip, but we're going to stop it from time to time to give our commentary so you can be entertained. Uh, visually gifted listeners, you'll get to watch. The rest of you, just listen along. And let's see what PDB had to say, shall we? Let's go. Major supply chain disruption in the U.S. right now, causing everything from higher prices to longer waits for products. Moody's warns that these supply chain disruptions, quote, will get worse before they get better, unquote. Do Americans need to prepare ourselves for this to get worse before it gets better? Well, certainly a lot of the challenges that we've ex been experiencing this year will continue into next year. But there are both short term. All right. Stop it right there. He just said there's no hope for Christmas. That's yeah, the, that's pretty much what he said. That's the way to paraphrase that. Yeah. The problems will continue into next year. And he's acknowledging, he used the word problems. I wasn't mishearing him, right? No, he said problems. Okay. So he's acknowledging problems. Let's continue. And long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Look, uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side. It's the demand side. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans are buying. Uh, okay. Records amounts of goods that Americans are buying. Any thoughts, producer wife, on why we'd be buying record amounts of goods now? Well... <clears throat> First of all, I'm going to correct him a little bit. All the stuff that's on the containers was not ordered by individuals sitting at home on their computer. It's being ordered by corporations. So the corporations are buying record amounts of goods, but they're doing that in anticipation of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And furthermore, perhaps record amounts of goods are coming in because for the longest time we weren't getting anything. Yeah. Because everything was shut down. So we're playing catch up. Yeah. And not the kind of ketchup that you put on your burger. That's not what's on the ships. Well, there's probably a container. There's probably there. some ketchup on the ships. Because we too. probably can't even make that in the United States anymore. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Olive Heinz does their stuff US based anymore or not. I don't know. Go ask Pennsylvania. Right. All right, let's continue. Because demand is up, because income is up, because the president has successfully. Income's up, just so you know. Hmm. I didn't know that. What? Income's yeah. up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because nobody wants to work, so they're yeah. paying everybody more. All right. So, yeah. All right, you get it. You know what he's saying. I get it. Okay. Guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Now, the issue is, even though... Our okay, sorry, i got to stop it again. Did you know that we have been officially guided out of the recession? It doesn't feel like it. Uh, no. Are we up, down, or flat right now with our businesses? flat or slightly down depending on which ones you're looking at yeah because at this time last year people were getting um their i want to say rebate check their their money their stimulus check from the government yep so uh you know jobs 
missing all over the place. You know, we, we went out to uh, see Dr. Brain, so we drove by a lot of businesses, and like, you know, every 10 feet was a help wanted sign, and the numbers just kept getting bigger and bigger as we were going down the road. I think by like the 10th mile, it was up to like $250 an hour or something. It felt like it anyways. What it, um, What was the company I told you I heard um, an ad on Pandora for? $2,000 sign-on bonus. For, it was a call center. Which one was it? Cons was it Consumer Cellular? Consumer Cellular, yes. And That's... they're offering a $2,000 sign-on bonus yep. in for the call center in Phoenix. Yep, so they can't get people to work, but the economy's great. Let's continue. So our ports are handling more than they ever have. Record amounts of goods coming through. Our supply chains can't keep up. And of course, our supply chains, that's a complicated system that is mostly in private hands, and rightly so. Our role is to be an honest broker, bring together all of the different players there, secure commitments, and get solutions that are going to make it easier. Mm -hmm. Did anything he say there mean anything? No, he said we're going to get a bunch of people to talk about the issues, but they really can't do anything about it anyway because... Because it's all private. Because it's all private. And he acknowledged as much. But they're going to be a broker, and we're going to get people together, and we're going to talk. That seems to be a big way that government wants to solve things is we'll talk. We'll talk. We're having talks. How does Jen Psaki put it? High-level High-level talks. High-level communication. And then she'll circle back later about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Many American companies, especially small businesses, as you know, are struggling to cope with these supply chain disruptions. One possible solution, uh, President Biden lifting former President Trump's tariffs on China to try to pro provide some relief. That's not a, a, a panacea, but it could provide some relief. Will President Biden do that? Will he lift those tariffs? Well, I think every idea is being taken seriously, but what we're doing right now is to focus on the operations themselves. Uh, okay, real quick. Uh, Politics 101. Notice how he did not address the actual question. No, because yeah. he's probably not supposed to speak on Biden's behalf. No, but I'm sure he'll circle back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of Americans might be surprised to learn that our ports have not generally operated on a 24-7 basis. We've secured commitments to change that. And the president announced that the ports of L.A. and Long Beach, uh, Long Beach actually was piloting this for, for a few weeks. Collectively, those two ports are 40% of our uh, container. The producer wife just raised her hand. So they point out that the ports... <clears throat> have never operated on a 24-7 basis. But interestingly enough, everything worked before, right? Yeah. And we've never had to open them 24-7. Correct. To get goods in. Well, you know, there is a record amount of goods now because Americans just have this unsatiable appetite to acquire everything right this very moment because we're also flush with cash because we're all working 80-hour weeks, making money hand over fist, and the government isn't taking a dime because we've had our taxes rolled back. I think all that's right. Right? No. No? No. Shoot. I thought for sure I had it right. No, taxes are, they're trying to make taxes higher, even though they say they're not. And um, a lot of people still aren't back to work. But when we got gas today, I only paid three eighty nine. Yeah, inflation. Okay, I, I didn't think there was an issue. All right, let's continue. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Air traffic, they're now going 24 seven. That's not a simple thing to do overnight, uh, but it was a big commitment. Now we got to make sure that that works its way through the chain because, of course, it's not just the gate of the port. It's getting those containers onto a chassis, uh, getting them to where they need to be, and that goes to other issues in our supply chain, like the availability of truckers. So we're taking steps on that, like my department working with state DMVs to speed the issuing of CDLs, those commercial driver's licenses, so that we can get more qualified, safe truckers on the road. So all we need to get a qualified, safe trucker is to issue them licenses faster. Yes. If we can improve the speed of printing the little ID card, that will get us safe truckers on the road faster. That's all we need to do. Yeah, I'm sure if they completely bypass the actual training of how to drive a big rig, you know, that'll be safe too. Yeah, okay. Just checking.
there are a lot of steps that we're taking right now to address this in the short term, but also at risk of repeating myself on something that I've been talking about and the president's been talking about all year. This is one more example of why we need to pass the infrastructure bill. There are $17 billion in the president's infrastructure plan for ports alone. And so tell me, if they pass that infrastructure bill tomorrow, would that $17 billion be available to the ports the following day? God, no. It's never that fast. Aren't they still trying to hand out money from the, um, like the EIDL loans? Yeah. And um, all those different programs that were meant to help small businesses like almost two years ago when it started? And yeah. there's still money in the kitty that hasn't been sent out to people. And wasn't the September um, child tax credit uh, stuff late too? Didn't that come out later than it was supposed to? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. So the stuff that everybody, they said they could count on to help pay for childcare, which was the whole point of doing this. They were late mm -hmm. on providing to the people. Yeah. But I'm sure everybody who had to pay for childcare you know, I'm sure they were fine with not getting paid right away. Yeah. Don't worry. The government always takes care of you. Let's let's continue the last uh, 11 seconds here. Okay. And we need to deal with the long term issues that have made us vulnerable to these kinds of uh, bottlenecks when there are demand fluctuations, shocks and disruptions like the ones that have been caused by the pandemic. OK, that was the end of the clip. So do they mean long term disruptions like they mean long-term disruptions like the fact that, um, you know, the jobs and the manufacturing and everything else have been going overseas for decades now. Yeah, which is, I wanted to chuckle a little bit when they were talking about lifting the uh, tariffs and stuff on China. That obviously isn't going to help our situation at all. No. No, I mean, what's what's that going to do? Is that going to suddenly make goods flow in faster through the ports? Because what he's saying is there's this record amount of stuff that's coming in already. But if we lift the tariffs on China... And bring in more stuff. And bring in more stuff, well, that just solves the problem. Because, you know, more stuff. Now, it's all sitting in containers on the beach. Or they're just... You know what? I just thought of this. You know what those ships should do? They should just start shoving those containers off the side and let them float onto the shore. That'd get them in faster. Yeah. It's not that far from where, the, from where the oil spill was either, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. There's oil spills everywhere. There's ports everywhere. On a fact check note from before, the Heinz ketchup that is sold in the U.S. is actually produced in the U.S. Heinz ketchup also sells in other markets outside of the u.s but all of the ketchup that is sold here is produced here as well thank you heinz ketchup and we're heinz ketchup users so well i'm not because i don't use ketchup but everybody else does yeah everybody else in the house does so yeah ketchup heinz good job heinz keeping it in america so anyways we just thought we'd uh pick apart pdb there a little bit um None of what he said really made a whole heck of a lot of sense. A lot of double speak, a lot of not answering questions, talking around issues. If we just do more of the thing, that's all we need to do. I don't know what it is with the politician's propensity for doubling and tripling down on ideas that clearly aren't working, but yeah. whatever. Some things we can't control, some things we can. We're going to keep doing what we do because we've figured out how to be, you know, small and maneuverable and we can pivot easily as we've talked about in other episodes. So, you know, if you're in the same position as us, you'll be fine. If you're a large corporation whose stuff is sitting out on boats in the Pacific right now, you're hiring airplanes to get it in at the cost of million dollars a flight. I thought it was two million a flight. At the cost of two million dollars a flight. See inflation. All right. But if you are a small business and you have questions for us about how we are pivoting or anything like that, tell the people where they can send their questions. Well, they can send them to us. Would you like me to go into more detail? Yes. <laughs> questions at soulwisdom.com. If you would like ideas on uh, how we do things or you'd like to bounce an idea off of us to see what we think, send in your questions because we'll, we'll talk about it on the show. Why not?
Okay, we're going to take a break. We will be right back with something different. Welcome back. Did you have fun during that one wonderful, wonderful musical interlude? We did. We did. Yeah, we got to pick bunny fur off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So as we mentioned in previous episode, we have pet rabbits and they they tend to get hair all over us. Yeah. But again, as we mentioned coming out of the previous break, that we, there is no wasted time. No. So she's like, quick, pick all this hair off me. <laughs> so that's what we did. It's fun. It's it's that time of year. They're starting to, even though we don't really have winter here, they still get a winter coat. So they shed their their summer fur and. Well, they're shedding their summer two fur. They're going into summer three now. And they I, chase each other around, and then they're playing, and they bite each other, and chunks of fur fly, and yeah. Yeah, it's violent. It's violent. But yeah, and off topic, but just since I mentioned it, I have a saying down here in Arizona. We have four seasons. We have summer one, summer two, summer three, and a little cooler. Yep. That's what we have. We're and entering we're... a little cooler, though. It's nice. Well, no, we're still... This is summer three. A little cooler doesn't happen until December. That's December, January, February. But it's abnormally cool for this time of year. Well, that just means it's an unseasonably mild summer three. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now we've got the nomenclature right that nobody really cares about. We can move on. We can. Speaking of, of things that, um, no, people should care about this, actually, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah. I take that back. You're going to care about this. Yeah. So back in 2004, 2005, something like that, there was this wonderful little um, cartoony kind of show that showed up on the interwebs. And it got so popular that later on it was actually picked up by Netflix. And it was called Red vs. Blue. Did you ever see Red vs. Blue, Producer I, Wife? I believe I have, yeah. Okay. So these these guys got together and they made this um, this cartoon kind of thing. Uh, and, and the animation came from Halo, yeah. the video game. And... So they'd have the Halo characters kind of running around, and then they would do this voiceover stuff and whatnot. And it was hilarious. Hilarious show. But in the first episode, there was this um, this one guy who got injured. So his fellow soldiers called into the base to get help sent out. And the guy answers the phone, and he's like, Blue Base, how can I help you? and get some of the help out and whatnot. And then at the end, he says to the guy, you know, we strive here at Blue Base to provide excellent customer service, and we were hope we were able to do that today. We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review. And I just laughed my friggin' ass off <laughs> because, because at the time, I was actually working in the automotive business. And the automotive business um, doesn't care about anything except a perfect review, it seems. So we thought we'd take segment three here, shift gears a little bit, and talk about the hilarity and the stupidity of how the various industries handle the concept of a customer review. Yeah. Because it's all bad. Yeah. As Red versus Blue kind of pointed out, they were just parroting the whole idea. But we, we had to call AT&T a couple of weeks ago to deal with some stuff. And I swear to God, the last five minutes of that call was this lady droning on about how it was real important to her that, that she took care of us today. And was there anything else she could do for us? And if there was, you know, we're valued customers. So let her know. And oh, by the way, you know, the feedback that we might provide for her is super important. So she hopes she did a really good job today. And she'd love it if we could leave her a five-star review. But again, if there's something she could do, let her know now. And on and on and on. And I just wanted to hang up the phone, but I didn't want to be rude. And we've had an email every day since. We have had an email every day since. It's just like, about leaving feedback. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to leave feedback? Are you double sure? Mm -hmm. You want to leave that five-star feedback, right? Yeah. Right? 
you don't want us to come over and do something to you if you don't leave that five-star feedback, do you? Right. It'd be a shame if something happened to your car out there if you didn't leave that <laughs> review. Yeah, just good Lord. So there's an insanity that goes on in businesses. Obviously, that's one example. Another example that's near and dear to our hearts Part of our income relies on our Etsy store where we sell our jewelry and things like that. You can find a link to that store at soulwisdom.com. Go there. We can get you some Christmas gifts. That's true. They're not stuck on a ship out in the Pacific. They are not. All our stuff's handmade. Very cool. Very personal gift. Buy with us and you can give personal gifts this year. Yeah. Anywho. Etsy has this thing now where they call it a star seller program. I'll be honest, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. We've reached a point now where we've got so much success within our Etsy store. I'm not trying to brag, just letting you know where we're at. The store is successful. We sell in other venues, including our own website. We have other things going on, like this lovely podcast, the teachable things that we do. There's only so many games I can play. But... Etsy has decided that they're going to give you the special little star badge next to all of your listings to let everybody know that you're a super cool seller. But you're only going to get that star if you can manage to maintain a 4.5 out of 5. Now, for us, we get enough sales that that's not such a big deal. We've reached that hurdle. They don't like us for other reasons, but whatever. <laughs> that, that's only one of the things that goes into the star seller. But... If you're a small Etsy shop and you're only selling five, six items a month and only three of those get reviewed, only one review and you're wrecked for months. Yeah. If it's a bad review. Very long you're, time. You're destroyed. But, but they don't seem to care. No. But the good news is, is that the Star Seller program will not affect your search ranking in SEO for now those dreaded two words for now that means it will roll out at a later date january probably just wait until we get past christmas they're gonna be like we've had such wonderful feedback on our star seller program that we've decided to do this and oh and they'll raise the standards too it'll go up to like a 4.7 average yeah yeah yep so whatever uh then uh ebay you can find that link on our website too we do have some retail that we do through eBay. Great deals. We also sell some of our handmade stuff on eBay, too. We do. So eBay, way, way back in the day, which again, fun fact, was a Tuesday. And you and I have both been selling on eBay for a long time. About e 20 years now. Before we were married, yeah. Yeah. Good 20 I, I did it back pretty much right out of high school. Yeah. We've sold to tens of thousands of people now off of eBay. But... Sometime back, they decided, it used to be that buyers and sellers rated each other. Yes. They decided that um, buyers can rate sellers and give honest feedback, but sellers can no longer rate buyers anything except positive. Yes. So we don't even participate anymore. Yeah. Luckily, eBay calls that a voluntary program. We've voluntarily gotten out of it. Because yes. what's the point? If we can't give an honest feedback then it's a broken system. Okay. And we've had some very <clears throat> questionable transactions. Yes, we have. Yes, just this week. Yeah. We had a questionable transaction. But it seems very unfair that other people can't know about such issues. Well, they never will. We, long story short, without getting into details, we had a buyer who was very clearly trying to take advantage of us. Yep. And it was in our best interest to just refund them and divorce them. Yeah. Uh, you have this lovely feature on eBay where you can decline future business with somebody. So we just declined it. But nobody will ever know that this this buyer is not acting in a good community interest. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Uh, to harken back to the car business I was talking about before, I worked with uh, 20 different manufacturers over my years there. And the worst one of them all for reviews was probably Acura. As far as Acura was concerned, if you didn't get five stars on every question, it was a failure. So you could have five on everything, but then have a four on, let's say, speed of delivery. And that's a failed review. Yeah. 
So, you know. Which is just absurd expectations. Yeah. So the salespeople who were working for me, I had to instruct them, hey, here's what you got to do. You got to say, you're going to get a review. It'd mean a lot to me if you can, you know, take that review. But bear in mind that as far as Acura is concerned, anything less than a five star on every question is a failure. And I'm hoping I'm not a failure. So if there's something you need me to fix now, please let me know. And I hated having people do that, but you had to, because the alternative was if you, you could just let them reviews. take it honestly. Yeah. Yeah. If they take an honest review, then the next thing you know, I'm out of a job. Yeah. So these ideas kind of lead around into the crux of this whole thing. And that's that we are struggling, it seems, in so many areas of society, but this is yet another example, to just be truthful and honest about things. Nobody wants truth. No. The reason why these companies are going after this, quite honestly, is this gives them service data that they can use in their quarterly calls with investors. Yep. And I like corporations, and I like quarterly calls, and I like investors. We're investors. You know, I like seeing that the companies that we've got money in are doing good. However, I'd rather see honest feedback. Yeah, let's get some honest feedback, but it doesn't exist. It, the review system is so broken because they're, they're chasing this stuff. You know, they're chasing these perfect numbers so that they can run out on their quarterly and go, hey, out of a five star possibility, we did a 4.83. And everybody goes, yay, that's great. It's fake. Well, yeah. To go back to Etsy, um, weren't you telling me that you found on um, one of the seller forums that people are, in order to help maintain their star ranking, that sellers are contacting customers if they leave four stars and saying, you know, what could I do to improve your experience yeah. and um, could you update your review? And I, begging people for a better review is not the way to handle it either. Yep. Yeah. Harassing yeah, customers is never the answer. Yeah, that's just it. And and you run a risk there too, because if you go and you beg the wrong person, that person is going to turn around and go, forget it. Now it's a two. Yeah. Because, you know, leave me alone. But maybe that customer is being honest. Maybe that really was a four star item. It was good, but it didn't quite meet the expectation. It's a fair review. Yeah. You know, for as, as many sales as we make, and as many five stars as we get, and we're not begging for them, by the way. We make people aware that they can leave a review, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we get a three or a four every now and then. And we just look at it and go, hmm, was it deserved? Sometimes it is. Sometimes we shake our head and go, I don't know. We had a sale the other day where we, we had two rings that somebody got. And one of the rings got a four and one got a five. They were both made at the same time. They both met the same standards. But for whatever reason, that one ring just didn't hit them as something perfect. Yep. Whatever. I, I, I can't look at that and go, oh, okay, we made this error. But it just didn't hit that person the same way. They might not have liked the color as much. They yeah. might, you know, if they're and, comparing <clears throat> two items, they might be comparing them to each other. Yeah. And saying, I like this one more, so I'm going to give it a higher rating. Yeah. Which is honest feedback, but as far as Etsy's concerned, that now lowers our average to get this special little super duper cool star thing. And it's a personal opinion too, especially when you're talking about something like Etsy and handmade goods, something that's not mass produced. And even if you're talking about mass produced goods, I guess I should finish my first statement. If you're talking about handmade goods, a lot of times the people are actually giving their opinion on the the production or the produced product. So somebody might like something a lot more than others, just like anything else. But I see a lot of reviews on major manufacturer websites. This happens on Amazon all the time <clears throat> where people will leave a one star because something got damaged in shipping that has nothing to do with the product, but people will leave negative feedback on a product because something happened to it in shipping that has nothing to do with Amazon or the seller, if it's an independent seller, it has everything to do with USPS or whomever delivered it. Yeah. But it still affects the rating. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's also convoluted. And what, what frustrates me, this is, this is me putting my teacher trainer hat on now. You need honest feedback to grow and to learn. 
um, tomorrow it is here on YouTube and Rumble. You will find a video from our Etsy course. It will post tomorrow uh, by uh, about 3 o'clock Eastern, I believe. And it talks about winners seeking out criticism. Okay. You need that feedback, good or bad, to be able to grow, to be able to develop your per develop personally, develop your business, all these things. But if we're living in fantasy land, where we're begging for these reviews and this feedback that isn't based in accuracy, it's based on begging for a number, then how do we ever grow? How do we ever get better? But we do this in so many things. Yeah. We're constantly, you know, it's, it's the participation trophies. It starts there as a kid. You know, Johnny's soccer team finished in 11th place, but they're still getting trophies. We're giving Johnny a bad lesson. Yeah. Johnny, I'm sorry, but you weren't good enough to get a trophy this time. Work hard and maybe you can get it next time. You know, the, the review system is kind of similarly convoluted. You know, you've got, again, you're just, you're begging for a number, but you're not begging for honesty. Yep. And if we have honesty, that's how we can grow. And personally... Again, as an investor to into producer wife's point, because she mentioned it true too, I'd rather hear on a quarterly call that, look, out of a possible five stars, our reviews this month averaged a 3.7. But here's what we learned from it. And here are the changes that we're going to make based on that feedback that we got so we can grow. items. Yeah. yeah when you're some... giving fake <clears throat> reviews, you also don't have anything that's actionable. No when there's no company is perfect so no. it, you know if you're coming back and saying we got 4.8 okay that's implying that you're darn near perfect and there's not a whole lot to change but no. i guarantee there's things that could be improved upon mm, i just actually <clears throat> excuse me another example that i thought of um back in the car business general motors at the time that i was around them they were so tied up in that review system that the pay structure that a dealership had for the cost of its cars was in part based on your review results. Oh, goodness. So if you didn't have a high enough review score... You had to pay more for the merchandise. You had to pay more for the merchandise. That's insane. Yeah, it's stupid. So you're... you're the whole idea is to sell the merchandise. You're incentivizing them to cheat at that point. Yep. Full disclosure, too, back in the consumer electronic days and... The producer wife can attest to this as well. There was a time where part of our bonus structure there was based off of customer reviews. Yep. And this ingenious dude that I worked with one time figured out, at that time they, they called people for the reviews. <clears throat> Excuse me. Glad we're wrapping this up. I'm starting to lose my voice. They, they figured out that if they took the last two digits of a phone number when we entered a ticket and they flipped them, and then we put a comment PD on the receipt and the PD stood for phone dyslexia. Then what would happen is when corporate tried to call that customer, they wouldn't match. So they'd just move on. But if we needed to get hold of the customer, we knew on that ticket that all we had to do was flip the last two numbers. So if there was ever any kind of questionable, shaky kind of transaction where something just didn't go quite right, which can happen, but they still buy. You know, maybe there's a misunderstanding on something or, you know, somebody's a little upset because they couldn't get exactly what they wanted, so they had to get the other thing or, you know, whatever. People learn to cheat the system. Yeah. You, when well, there's incentives. Yeah. So we, we had to learn to cheat the system. but And I it, worked in uh, customer service there in the beginning, and we learned that if a customer came in to look up a ticket and we couldn't find it right away, that if we inverted the two numbers... You'd find it. We'd find it. Yeah. But... It, it, you know, when you're in the moment and your company's pressing down on you to do something, you're going to do it. But I'll be honest, now that we're removed from it and we do our own thing and we're looking back on it, we're just shaking our heads going, what friggin' fools. Yeah. And we can't believe that we played into it. So at some point, America, you have got to stop living in these fantasy worlds and the five-star review system, This these little nice shiny things that everybody's chasing they don't do you any good if they're not based in honesty yeah and um you know hopefully we can start living in honesty again so that could be yet another thing that brings our country back to us 
But like everything else, I think at this point, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I mean, going to the grocery <clears throat> grocery store right now, I mean, how many people are actually getting five-star service? Let's just be real. Everybody mm. is understaffed. Stuff is not stocked. People no. aren't leaving the grocery store happy right now. No, but I'd be curious to see what the uh, survey results of the grocery stores are, because something tells me they're still in the high fours. Yep. Because they'll manipulate it to get it there. Yep. But whatever. Well, on that note, we should probably wrap this up while I can still speak, because I feel I, I feel laryngitis coming on. So we're going to have to go cure that before tomorrow. Yeah. Because we will be back tomorrow, because we are working all five weekdays now. Give you some green tea or something. Yeah, let's go do that. <clears throat> yeah, there it goes. Okay, soulwisdom.com. Questions at soulwisdom.com. At soulwisdom on Twitter. Soulwisdom.com slash learn gets you to our teachables. At the top of Soul Wisdom, there's a tip jar. If you appreciated what we did today and you'd like to leave us a couple of dollars, we would say thank you. And we promise to use anything that anybody leaves us to improve upon the content that we provide. There's also an Amazon wish list, so if you want to give us another mascot. There is. The dumpster fire stuffed animal thing, though, has been taken. Yes. Bethy already bought that off the list. Yes. So thank you, dear listeners. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. We hope you have enjoyed the show. We will be back tomorrow. Have a great day. <laughs>